Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to the NFL episode of Legally Sound Smart Business, and this is Nasser Pasha. And this is Matt Stahl. And welcome to the podcast where we cover business in the news and also answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, can send in to ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. And if it's a question about your NFL football team, then just put an NFL in the subject line so we know that's you. Are you going to be able to contribute this episode? I mean, you actually know a good amount about, in your whole sports realm, NFL seems to be something you know about. So I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I think so. I'm not really sure what NFL is, though, but (laughs) what's it stand for? You know. I don't know. I can't come up with something funny on the fly. <laughs> I'll come up with something funny and we'll edit it in and it'll be funny down the road. Yeah, All right. exactly. Well, like you said, football episode. First one is this. A lawsuit dealing with a couple of the Oakland Raiders cheerleaders and they sued the NFL. And that seems to be one of the important parts of this story. A little bit of background. I guess in the past, prior to this year, the Raiders cheerleaders were paid $125 a game. That's it. Which I don't know how many hours that breaks down to. So, okay, let's say in how long is a game? Like three hours with including halftime? Like at least, yeah. Maybe three and a half, including halftime, and then maybe an hour before at least, and then maybe a half hour after. So that's four or five hours, but not including travel time either. And not including practices. So they don't get paid for practice? I mean, I could be wrong, but I thought the way this is worded, it seems like they just get paid 125 bucks a game. And yeah, you're right. And hadn't received compensation for anything beyond that. Yeah. So that's all they get is per game. And if you look at the current minimum wage, $9 an hour breaks down to a little under 14 hours for that 125 bucks. So that's what they used to get paid. Now they're getting paid $9 an hour, which is California's minimum wage. And this is just the Raiders, but they sued the NFL for obviously minimum wage claims. And the NFL's response was this. And this is an interesting response saying that, you know, we don't have to do anything. We're immune to these state labor laws and you should have sued the Raiders and not us, the NFL. Yeah. I don't know what we're missing here because I think what the attorney or what the argument they're trying to make is saying that it's not that they're not have to be in compliance with any state law, but basically they're saying that they're under federal law because they're a national organization and so forth. And I understand the argument. I think it's a silly argument because when you have a national entity hiring employees throughout the different states, there's a well-established law that the state where the employee works is the law that applies, very simply. And this is just so stupid because (laughs) the NFL makes... Let's see, I think this year estimated to make $9 billion in revenue. I think you can afford to pay the cheerleaders. I guess it is too. They are part of the individual teams. Either way, the teams make a ton of money too. So it's not like they're not making out anything. So this just seems like a pretty silly thing all around. Like the NFL is not doing the right thing and the teams aren't paying these cheerleaders enough. And I don't know who would even want to be a cheerleader with if you're getting paid this little for so much time. I guess you get a lot of presents. Yeah, I don't really understand that industry. And it's strange. It's not like they don't have the money 
But why aren't they suing the Raiders? Are they not employees of the Raiders or are they employees of the NFL? That's what didn't make sense. I mean, I, I get the NFL's argument, at least from their attorneys saying, you know, you sue the wrong people. We're protected. Yeah, that's legitimate. Why didn't they sue the actual team? I don't know. They're obviously employees of somebody because they're suing for minimum wage claims. I would assume they're employed by the actual individual teams, right? I have no idea how it actually works. We'll have to find out more about how they're actually employed because it doesn't stay in this particular story. But NFL, though, it does have a history of trying to get out of certain things. One classic thing is that many people don't know is the NFL is actually a nonprofit organization. Does anyone else think that's weird? But they are. And how they get away with it is all the franchises are for profits. And so. All the profit gets passed down, even though I, I think the commissioner of the league, I think it gets like $10 million a year. And again, that seems strange for them to be classified as a nonprofit, but hey, they've gotten away with it for a while and doesn't seem like anyone's challenging them anytime soon for that. Yeah, there's a lot of problems and uh, I don't know if I'll say corruption, but it's just a lot of issues with the league, but makes so much money. People don't seem to really care. You know, this is something you'll like about this story is the NFL's argument is based off a case from 1983 with the Chargers, a former player sued. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. But that makes sense. It was basically an antitrust law. The argument was, okay, you can't sue under California antitrust law because, but it was against the Chargers. So I don't know. Somehow the court must have found in their favor, they argued very eloquently that federal antitrust laws apply, not state. I don't know the reason, though. Well, the important thing is the cheerleaders are getting paid minimum wage now, so I guess that's something. Wait, wait, did they win or? No, they no. this year, I think they're suing for previous seasons because now they're, I thought I saw they're, oh, okay. they're getting paid for the first time this season. The Raiders offered cheerleaders a new contract and began paying them nine dollars an hour and how many cheerleaders could there be per team right and paying the minimum wage by the way this is not even a full-time job i'm not saying that they don't work hard or do spend a lot of time but i don't think they spend 40 hours a week and this is also for how many weeks out of the year now that counting preseason games it's like 15 16 or what i guess 16 regular season i think they bumped it up to five preseason games so we're talking season 21 but I don't think they travel to away games. They're only working the home games. Yeah, that's even crazier. So I don't know. It seems like a very low-cost thing to go through in order to uh, make them happy. And it's good PR, frankly, you know? Yeah. I was going to say we'll keep an eye on this, but I probably won't because I don't... Because we always say that, but we never do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely update. We should just have one episode where we just update all the previous cases. For sure. Now we're question dealing with the NFL. Niffle. I want to start a fantasy football league with my employees. Are there any legal issues with this? So this is kind of similar to when we talked about it. March Madness. March Madness, right. right. But this is different. And I didn't even know about this until I started looking into it. So the Unlawful Internet Gambling Enforcement Act of 2006, or Yeah, I don't know how I was trying to just come up with an acronym for it. There actually is a specific carve-out for fantasy sports, which I thought was pretty interesting. Really? Oh, I had no idea. As long as it meets the criteria of the value of the prizes is not determined by the number of participants or the amount of fees paid. Which it kind of is not, but... All winning outcomes reflect the relative knowledge and skill of the participants, and the fantasy game's results are not based on the final scores of any real-world games. I've heard that, yeah. I gave up playing fantasy football about 
five or six years ago and it was one of the best decisions I ever made in my life because you don't enjoy the games when you're watching them and you feel like you have to watch all of them to kind of track players and having not had to do that anymore is a huge burden off of your shoulders. But I still know that like about how it works. So the first criteria piece, the value of the prizes is not determined by the number of participants or the amount of fees paid. That's going to be a problem right there because every league bases the amount of money on how many people are participating. That's just a standard thing that's it's going to go with that. So That is so weird. And I think, by the way, the acronym is pronounced UEGA, just for the official one. It's so hard. Too many vowels for me. It was difficult. It seems strange that they had this carve-out, which I'm sure people are glad that there is a carve-out, but it seems so odd that it just seems like some kind of exception that some lobbyist was able to get into the legislation of uh, this act. But nonetheless, that does change things. So think about it. So now March Madness is not okay, but fantasy football is okay. Seems strange. Yeah, because it's it's still based on real players and real games. So it's not like it's this made up football that isn't real. But I just saw a stat. You know how we talked about the March Madness that first weekend, that Thursday, Friday, wasting time. It's estimated that employers, let me ask you, Fantasy football, how much do you think it costs employers in wasted time per year? Uh, that's a good question. Well, just in the U.S. First of all, I've done fantasy football a while ago, like I think when I was in college. So I'm not too familiar. And that was kind of early in the game. And I think I did it because I was a computer geek, not because I was into football. But generally, you set up your lineup like on Wednesday or Thursday, right? Something to that effect. Usually before the first game. Yeah, you have until usually the first game, or there's like a lock-in time on that Sunday, typically. And I'm sure the rules are different for each, right? Yeah. So one thing I know is that I always used to forget to do that, so I'd always have like injured players on and stuff like that. But I think most people, maybe some people are, are serious about it, but they have to maybe do some research, maybe during the week. Yeah. But generally, all the football games are on Sundays and Monday nights and, and Thursday nights sometimes, and so... The actual watching. So really, you were talking about the time that's spent in preparation. I would assume it's very low. I would say, I don't know, $3 (laughs) total. You're a little bit off. They estimated at $6.5 billion. What? $6.5 billion. I mean, I don't know. Maybe some guy out there is just spending $6.5 billion on fantasy football stuff and using the employer's bank account for it. That's what it sounds like. Here's the problem is you have, and it's it's every type of employee from the person that gets paid the least to the CEO. They're spending all this time during the week tracking injuries, trying to pick up players on the waiver wire, proposing trades, posting stuff on the message boards. Like That's all it is. It's just, it almost consumes your life. That's why I got out of it, just because it wasn't fun anymore. Yeah, I can see that. But I also am of the opinion that if there's somebody that, if you want to call it a waste, let's call it a waste for now. If they waste their time on that stuff, if they weren't doing that, they'd be doing something else. And so it's a sense it's like how much are people wasting on Facebook or, That's true. or what have you. That's a good point. We do have to mention that some states, even though that federal law pretty much applies, there are some states that do have even more restrictions. Yeah, I don't think any of the states that we cover, but Arizona, Louisiana, Iowa, and there may be some other states out there too. I mean, Iowa doesn't even have a professional sports team, so I don't know why they care. Well, that's why. You know, they're anti-niffle. Louisiana and Arizona do, but yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, keep that in mind for those people listening in those states. And I assume, too, like depending upon which... I'm sure Yahoo Sports and some of the other more common fantasy football leagues are probably compliant in the category, but I would be careful with some of these like less popular ones to make sure that they're compliant. Right. 
So that's our football episode. And we'll be doing football every week now, right? Until the playoffs or yeah. Super Bowl. We're dangerously close to the start of the season at this point. So, <laughs> what, which, what do you mean dangerously? Like, what's going to happen? I don't watch as much as I used to, but it just consumes. You get college football on Saturday, pro football on Sunday. It's just like, and it's just all day. And it's it, especially yeah. if you're on the West Coast time, it's even worse because it starts at nine and ten a.m. So if you want to watch, you don't even get your morning because you don't start at noon like you would on the East Coast. This is where it makes sense to pick a team and just watch those games and don't let it waste your life away. Go out there and do some volunteering and give something back to the community. That's just my suggestion. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast, the podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.